Thank you for listening in today to our Monday broadcast of Abiding in the Word with Dave Love, Senior Pastor of Calvary Castle Rock. Today, we will be continuing our study in the book of 1 Samuel. So let's join Pastor Dave now. Soon your trials will be over. I'm going to submit to you something here that I didn't quite see last week, but became very apparent to me. Now, when Saul was killing the priests at Nob, it says here in verse 20 of of chapter 22. Now, one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar told David that Saul had killed the Lord's priests. So David said to Abathar, I know that the day when Dog, the Edomite, was there, that he could surely tell Saul, I have caused the death of the persons of your father's house. Stay with me, do not fear, for he who seeks my life seeks your life, but with me you shall be safe. Now, the way we kind of left it off, it seemed like because David was staying in the forest of Hereth, that Abiathar or Abathar went uh, to David there. Uh, while he was there. Um, but as we read here in chapter 23, see if you can pick up of exactly when this took place, of when he actually went to be with David. So, here in verse 1, it says, Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against uh, Keilah, or Kila, and they are robbing the threshing floors. So, Kila was a very key city, by the way. Uh, today you'll find ruins, you'll find terraces on the hillside to give testimony of how it used to grow grain. Um, uh, and thus the Philistines come to pillage the harvest of the grain and try and weaken the city of, of uh, Kila. And so David was hiding out in the stronghold, according to verse 5. He's there um, before in verse 5, he, he was in the stronghold, and it was the prophet Gad that says, I want you to depart and go to the forest of Hereth. Now, if David had stayed in the stronghold, he'd have been a good 40 miles away from this, maybe even 50, okay? Um, but where he ends up moving to in the forest of Hereth is about three miles away from this city of Kila. And so... Um, Saul, on the other hand, is about 20 miles away in the city of Nob, killing the priests right about now. And so um, the question is, why do these people go to David and not to Saul? Well, for one, it could be that they actually recognize that David is probably the coming king and they're trying to align themselves with him. But I would say that's probably not the case, as we will find out later on. They, God tells them that, uh, to flee from Kyla because they're going to turn him over to Saul if he stayed there. So I would say it's probably because David was the closest choice. They knew that he was about three miles away. Um, they might not even know where Saul was. All they know is that Saul isn't at Gibeah. They might not have known that he went to Nob in order to confront the priests. Um, for whatever reason, uh, Saul isn't as close by as David is. And so David gets wind of this, um, whether someone came, pleaded the case, or someone just came to report what was going on. Um, we, don't really, uh, we don't really know here, but it says, they told David, saying, look, and, and we don't know who they are in this part. So um, 
So anyway, it says in verse 2, Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save uh, Kyla. Now, who's he inquiring? Who's the one that's uh, being spoken through here? Is he inquiring through Abathar, through the ephod? Or is he inquiring through Gad the prophet? And I would submit to you it's Gad the prophet, as I will show you here in a moment. But he does inquire of the Lord. And we begin to start to see David grow in understanding. He's beginning to mature here. You know, instead of going, I can't believe they're attacking this city and, and going in frustration or rage or out of emotion or fear or whatever it is that drove him before, he's now stopping to ask the question first, Lord, do you want me to go? I'm willing to go. Do you want me to go? And so he stops and he inquires of the Lord, which is awesome. And I would uh, submit to you that he's probably doing that through the prophet Gad, much in the same way as he heard from the Lord in verse 5 of chapter 22. Gad told him that he needed to leave. Another thing here as well, if Gad, if the Lord through the prophet Gad didn't tell David to go, he's in Moab, he's in a very safe stronghold in Moab, and he's told to move to the force of Heth, which um, the force of Hereth, which is uh, deep in Judah's territory. We don't know exactly where it is. We have some understanding of possibly where it is. Uh, But it's deep there in Judah. So now he goes from a very safe place to a place that isn't as safe. So you would think, because now you're within 20, 25 miles of Saul, whereas before you're probably a good 35 to 40 miles outside the proximity. On the other side of the Jordan River, you're in the land of Moab. And so he now comes back, and, and I'm sure his men are going, what are you doing? Why are we going back there? That's where Saul wants to kill you, but he obeys and does what the Lord does, not understanding why he has to go back there to Judah. And here it is. I don't know if days go by. I don't know if weeks go by at this point, months go by where he's kind of staying there, hiding out still from Saul. But I do know this. I know that at this point, he's within three miles of being able to rescue God's people. And at the time when he was told to go, he he had no idea that that was going to happen. He had no idea. But he followed and did what the Lord told him to do anyway. And here he inquires the Lord. He heard from the Lord. He did what the Lord asked him to do. And now he hears that these people are in trouble. And he doesn't just go to rescue them. Instead, he looks and he inquires of the Lord. And then after he does that, in verse 3, it says, But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. So that tells us right there, as they came over... They're afraid. They followed David, but they did not want to be there. And so David tells them, hey, we're going to go help the people over here in, uh, in Kila. And they look at him and they say, look, we're afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Kila against the armies of the Philistines? In other words, what they're saying here is, David, we have enough problems with Saul. Now you want us to fight against the Philistines. Now let me ask you this. Who are the men that are with David right now? Are these fighting men that have come from Saul's army? I would grant you that some of them probably are. But I would say the majority are not fighting men. These are not tested men in battle. They have not, never followed David in battle. David has experience now. He probably has some that have come over 
you know, um, not wanting to be a part of what Saul is doing and, and have more faith in David or really believe that he is going to be the king. But I would grant you that the majority of these men have never fought before. And they're afraid to confront Saul. They're afraid that Saul's going to catch him. And now David's saying, we're going to fight the Philistines? You could see what they're going through here. They're going, what are you talking about? And so they're afraid. And so what does David do? He does, in a sense, listen. He wants to kind of hear what it is that his people have to say. And so it says, then David inquired of the Lord once again, and the Lord answered him and said, arise, go down to Kilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. David was listening to his men. He was, he was wrestling with their advice, saw that in many ways. It, it kind of made a lot of sense. At the same time, he knew this was an issue that needed to be decided by the Lord, not what other people say. This isn't a democracy. He's either been called to lead Israel or he hasn't. And this time it says, go down to Kilah, and I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. So God confirms his word. Um, again, David inquired of the Lord. Um, the promise was intended to give both David and his men more and more confidence in God and his command. And look what happens. And David and his men went to Kilah, fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Kilah. Now, when it comes to inquiring of the Lord, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Sometimes it would be a word uh, from the Lord that was given to a prophet that the prophet would then speak to the king. Sometimes it will be given through the ephod. Uh, through the high priest. He spoke in various times past, in various ways, and, and, and various times in various ways to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son. So, when people come to me and they said, well, I'm, I'm kind of a new believer, or well, where should I read in the word of God? I always say, I want you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when you're done, I want you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when you're done, I want you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I want you to read it three times. Because you've got to get to know the person of Jesus. Because this is who God has spoken to us in these last days, has spoken to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. So you have to get to know the Son. And then, according to John, if you just shoot over there real quick, In John chapter 1, he tells us emphatically, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then we're told in 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So that's Jesus. Jesus is the Word. So if you want to inquire of the Lord, if you have questions before the Lord, or you're seeking answers from the Lord, the first thing I would tell you to do is go to God. 
through the person of Jesus Christ and pray and look for something that he might speak to you through his written word because Jesus is the word. Now go over to Matthew chapter 17. This is the Mount of Transfiguration in verse 1. Chapter 17, it says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. When he says that, what he is doing is he's equating Jesus with Moses, the lawgiver, and Elijah, the greatest probably miracle worker that there was, the greatest prophet of God. And he's equating the three, and they're not equal. They're not equal at all. And so you have the law. Look how powerful and good the law is. And Jesus, you're there with him. And Elijah, the guy that did all these amazing signs and wonders, And then there's you, Jesus. Isn't that great that we're equating you with them? Three tabernacles, one for each of you. And then as soon as he said that, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they found their faces were greatly afraid. And Jesus came, touched them, and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Look to Jesus only. Okay? As Jesus, as God saw what was happening there, you know, and seeing how he was being equated, all of a sudden, boom. This is my beloved son. Hear him. And then when he opens up his eyes, he doesn't see Elijah or Moses anymore. He only sees Jesus. And that's why we go to the person of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Father through Jesus Christ. And if you're seeking an answer from the Lord, I'm here to say, look for it in the Word. Just pray, continue wherever you are in your devotion, and I believe that God will speak to you. Now, both John and I are fixated on a verse in Deuteronomy 19.15 that says, One witness shall not rise against a man concerning an inquiry or a sin that he commits, but the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. I still believe that when it comes to confirmation, that you should go to the Word of God. That there's something in the Word of God that will confirm to you that this is the direction that God is leading you. I believe that also through the prompting of the Holy Spirit... That as you continue to seek the Lord, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication make your request known to God. He will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding to guard your heart. And so I think you'll, you'll have a peace. You'll, you'll have a, a scripture. Possibly another brother or sister in the Lord will have been reading and says, you know, I have a, I have a word for you. And you just go, whoa. I was at a uh, board meeting last night for another Calvary Chapel in we had just gotten done, um, you know, probably about 30 minutes before uh, doing the financials and everything else. And, and it came to the time where uh, new business and it kind of goes around to the different people on the board. And uh, I felt the Lord put on my heart to say, hey, have you ever considered this? And uh, but before I had a chance to say that, the guy before me said it. 
and the pastor had already gotten information about the very same thing that he was going to present to the board. And so when he said that, I said, hey, man, that's what I was going to say. And all of a sudden the pastor goes, I have it right here. And, and you look at that and you just kind of go, okay, I think the Lord's doing something here. He prompted my heart to be thinking about that on the drive over there. But little did I know that somebody else on the board was thinking the same thing. Little did I know that the, the pastor himself had been thinking about that. And we just kind of rejoiced in it, just going, man, where there's two or three witnesses, a thing is established. And here's the reason why, and we use scripture to be able to back it up, of, of what God has put on our heart. And so it was, it was just a really cool thing to kind of see happen right then and there. And that kind of stuff happens all the time. So long as we seek the Lord, so long as we wait upon the Lord. And don't be so quick to, to move because this is what you think that God wants you to do. Wait on the Lord. Just see where that other witness comes about and is it through the word of God and, and just wait for it and you'll have that peace and you're going to know. You're just going to know. David does that. Lord, do you want us to go? He seeks the Lord and the Lord speaks, yes, I want us to go. But then he hears something else. You go, okay, well, I want to just reconfirm. I just want confirmation. And God gives him that confirmation. He steps out, does what God tells him to do. Now, you know that those men at that point, that's really the first thing that they've seen David do in the Lord where they followed him, believing that he's hearing from the Lord, and then God was able to deliver to confirm what it is that he was hearing from God. I got to tell you, I bet you anything those men now have confidence that their leader is hearing from the Lord. And it's really interesting what kind of happens after this. Let's go back here to, uh, to 1 Samuel 23. And it says in verse 6, Now it happened when Abathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at where? Kyla, that he went down with an ephod in his hand. You know what this tells me? This tells me at the time that Saul is killing the priests at Nob, to where this priest escapes, they're about 20 miles away. That's a day's journey, maybe a day and a half. Don't know what the terrain is like, don't know what the weather's like. Two days tops. But at the time that Saul is killing the priest there at Nob. David is killing the Philistines defending the city of Kilah. And so when this priest who escapes comes to David, he's already there in the city of Kilah. And he's living now within the, the walls there, whether it's a day or two uh, after that victory or whatever, but it was after that fact. And so David was not able to Consult the ephah of, of uh, Abathah here. And so that came after that time. That came after that time. So as David is doing what a real king is supposed to do, defending his nation against the enemy, the Philistines, the pseudo-king, the false king, is actually killing the prophets or the priests of God. Who's the one that's really acting like a king here? David. David. And so, continues on here. The ephod is a very interesting 
implement. If you go back to Exodus 28, you can read about this on your own. But an ephod was actually, um, was actually the robe that the, uh, that the actual breastplate went on. So when you talk about the ephod, you're talking about the breastplate that was on the ephod as well, uh, also known as the Urim and Thummim, um, which speaks of lights and perfections. And so um, uh, this, is, this is what this priest ends up taking with him. And so the thought behind it is, is that when you face the tabernacle, the high priest, even though it was Samuel at this time, um, Samuel never really passed that on to anybody else at this point. One can make the argument that he kind of did with David, which is a really good argument in a sense. But this ephod should have been with Samuel. It was not. And so this priest was able to grab it. He's the only priest uh, before the Lord at this point. Samuel is still around, but he's, he definitely doesn't have a major role with, uh, with Saul's kingdom. And so uh, what you would do with this, with this ephod is that you would face the tabernacle. You would ask a question. And the different 12 tribes that were written on the different jeweled stones that are on the breastplate would light up. And so... Um, the different tribes are on there, and so this is just because I don't know uh, Hebrew or whatever, and how many letters are in Asher or whatever. Uh, if, it, if it blinked twice for Asher, that would be like the letter S there for Asher, okay? Remember the old phones that you used to have? That you'd have to, in order for you to send a text or whatever, it would have A, B, C, be that first button. And if you wanted the first letter of that word to be B, you had to hit it twice, the same thought is happening there when it comes to um, the, uh, the actual breastplate lighting up for lights and perfections. And then you would be able to spell out the word and you would know what it is that God is speaking to you. And so from here on out, this is, this is the thought that is going on here when it comes to David. He is now going to uh, ask the priest and the ephod uh, of direction from here on out. And so here we have... Um, uh, in verse 7 here, it says, And Saul was told that David had gone to uh, Kilah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hands, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to uh, Kilah to besiege David and his men. And so just like David has his spies out there trying to see where Saul is, Saul has his spies, his informants, and, uh, and, and they came back and told him he's in, in Kilah. Uh, and, and so it's boxed in because uh, it's, it's a city with walls, and he's in, he's in there. So if they approach that, there's no place for him to escape. And so they're going to come looking for him. And then it says in verse 9, And when David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, so again, he also has his informants, he said to Abathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. So... Then it says, then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Kilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Kilah deliver me into his hands? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. And David said, will the men of, of Kilah deliver me, uh, deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. David had two questions. Is Saul coming? Yes. And will these people deliver me into his hands? Yes. Because David was quite content, probably being out and everything else. He has a fortified city for the first time. He's going, this would be a great place to make a stand against Saul. 
with my men, but not if there's people here in this city that are going to try and hand me over. And I'm sure David wanted to fight, but even though he wanted to fight, he was going to inquire of the Lord. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? So he tells them they're going to hand you over. That's all we have time for today on this Monday edition of Abiding in the Word with Pastor Dave Love. Listen in tomorrow as we continue our study in 1 Samuel. If you live in the area of Castle Rock and are looking for a church to call home, be sure to come by and visit with us. We meet Saturdays at 5 p.m. and our Sunday service times are at 9 and 11 a.m. A combined junior and senior high class meets at 5 p.m. on Saturday evenings, On Sunday mornings, high school meets during the 9 a.m. service and the junior high meets at the 11 a.m. service. Our Young Adults Ministry, Arise, meets every Friday at 6.30 p.m. at Calvary Castle Rock. Child care is offered for all of our weekend services. Calvary Castle Rock is located right off of I-25 and East Wolfensburger Road, directly behind Jack in the Box and the Shell Gas Station. For more information about us or this radio ministry, please visit our website at calvarycr.com or download our free mobile app from the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also call the church office at 303-663-2514. Thank you again for joining us today. Until our next time together, we want to encourage you to always be abiding in the Word of God.